You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. We've got a squeaky chair and another episode for you today. Um, we're going to talk about the Premier League's announcement where they postponed the football till the end of April now rather than the beginning of April. Uh, I'm joined by a new guest, not to the podcast, but a new guest in our, our new setup, James Rushton. How are you, my friend? A new guest in my own home. Is that are we framing it? I'm fine, man. Uh, about as fun as you can be, uh, I guess, in these uh, weird circumstances. It's a bit odd. I've just noticed I've got some hand gel on my desk. <laughs> I didn't put it there purposely for the video, but now it's there where I'm going to use it. So are you washing your hands, James? Are you keeping yourself safe? Yeah, I was doing that anyway. I don't know why. Is that a new thing? It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good point, isn't it, to be fair? But I had hand sanitizer before this. Like, what, what? like We've all suddenly dis- discovered that people actually didn't wash their hands before. Yeah, it's, uh, it's well at Wembley, those Wembley toilets, man. People, you know, it, it weren't happening there, mate. <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. The amount of people I shook hands with as well. Oh, that's a horrible thought. Okay, you know, let's move on. Talk to me about the Premier League. We all knew that April 3rd, I think the initial date was, was never going to happen. That was kind no. of just bought us all a bit of time. And now they're saying April 30th. Do we think that is a, a date that we'll, we'll see football back? Nah. Uh, to be completely honest, uh, it's it's really optimistic. I mean, April fourth is really optimistic, but there's not much else. Yeah. There's not much else the Premier League can do except offer more and more suspensions. Um, but the way things are going in other countries, I really don't see the Premier League coming back in its normal format um, on April mm-hmm. April thirtieth, or you know, even after that. It's a really tough one. Um, there's been so many solutions pandied around and I guess all the Premier League can do, all officials can do is delay and offer support to clubs affected because uh, I think what we're quickly realising isn't the, the vacuum of space that kind of football leaves behind. It's more so the livelihoods and stuff. Like how are these, mm. how is, Villa will be fine. I'm sure Villa will be fine as a, a rich funded club. Um, but there's a lot of high profile clubs that, probably were relying on a lot of competition going ahead to support their infrastructure and that's yeah. going to be a worry so why do you think that i mean i've not i've not um, read any of the statements or anything today i've seen the, the, the you know the main bullet points and stuff on sky why do you think that they're delaying it in this manner of going right first first of april and now the end of april why can't they just say right we're just going to push it way back to September or something is it just because they're trying to remain optimistic is it because no one really yeah. knows what's going on or I think the way you look at it if, if you were to say no football no sport until May 23rd and a situation occurs where then you can you know remain resume competition before that it's a bit it's a bit tough because you've made clubs then plan a contingency until a certain date if it if football yeah, returns before that, then there's a bit of an issue, isn't there? And I think the only thing they can do is offer these kind of weekly delays. Um, yeah. Because I think preparing for it to come back and it not coming back at all is better than not preparing for it to come back and being kind of at a yeah. loss when it does come back. Um, but there's so many questions that kind of hang around outside this now as, you know, footballing contracts. Because you, you, when you think of the delay, and you think, obviously, the wealthy players, you also have to think of the players throughout the football pyramid who are going to be affected by this and their livelihoods that will be affected by moving clubs because yeah. some will want to play first-team football and have lives that rely on appearance money. Um, that doesn't happen without transfers to new clubs. So it's such a sticky, difficult situation. Well, you've been talking, I've not, I've not just browsed into it, I'm looking for the uh, the statement from the Premier League. So they've said, The FA's rules and regulations state that the season shall terminate not later than the 1st of June. And each competition shall, within the 
within the limit laid down by the FA determine the length of its own playing season. However, the FA's board has agreed for this limit to be extended indefinitely for the 1920 season in relation to professional football. Additionally, we've collectively agreed that the professional game in England will be further postponed until no earlier than 30th of April. The, the progress of COVID-19 remains unclear and we can reassure everyone the health and welfare of players, staff and supporters are our priority. So we've kind of now got rid of that whole uncertainty over is the league going to be void and, and yeah. null and we start again fresh from zero. We now know that the Premier League, as we've got to so far, 28 or 29 games in, we are going to finish that season now, which that's a, to me, that's a positive at least because I think for the integrity of football, you can't just be scrapping seasons midway through regardless of, of what's going on in the world. Yeah, I think the way the the weird situation, the way it kind of pans out is you can't really just cancel a season at the beginning of I don't think. Um, nah, certainly, I said this yesterday, if yeah. you're ready to begin a new season, surely you're in a position to finish the old one first. Yeah, I mean, this is this football season... It's the way we've set it up. Is it? It's this. It goes over two years. You know, it goes over that winter period into yeah. a new year. And um, I think the way you have to look at it is that is just the you know, hundred and twenty, hundred edition of the top tier, and that carries yeah. on until it finishes. Until that thirty eight game, um, you know, span finishes. That's the way it has to be done because there's so much that depends on this, and it's not just Villa. I mean, we can. Most of the kind of solutions that have come out have been self-serving, especially West Ham kind of saying null and void straight away and then Leeds saying we have to continue because that situation to each club only benefits that club, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It has to finish because no team has mathematically achieved anything at all. So to yeah. make a decision based on now where teams stand, um, it'd, be, <laughs> it'd be downright criminal, wouldn't it? I mean, Liverpool are running away with the title. Things happen. Leeds were going to get promoted yeah. last season, weren't they? No, no offence to yeah, them yeah. at all, but they were going to get promoted. <laughs> Everyone knew that. Everyone knew that, and they didn't. So football changes. It changes rapidly and uh, and quickly, and I'm pretty sure Liverpool will be lifting a title, but you can't make that decision based right now, especially with Villa having a game in hand. The season has to mm. be played, and people are putting too much weight on the year that the season started and should have ended. It's just another edition of the league. It needs to finish with 38 games whenever those 38 games take place. And that's another uh, kettle of fish, isn't it? A whole different, uh, you know, there's, a, there's yeah. a lot going on there. The season will be finished or prolonged indefinitely or whatever the wording was. What, like, what's the, the limit of that? If we're still playing this Premier League season in a year's time, is that is that silly? Like, do we do we still need to finish it? Is there a cut-off point where we say, okay, all right, we need to we need to scrap this now. We've played three games in the last in the last few months or whatever, like... Is is there a way that this? I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, yeah. I can picture in my head what I know. What I mean, but like, ha, is there is indefinitely an option, or are we going to have to stop at some point? I think with kind of the mindset I've got now, where I'm thinking it will, you know, eventually things will get better, and maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it, it's kind of it forces you into kind of a, a contradictory stance because when you you put it like that, there does have to be kind of a consideration of a cancellation. You know, if we if we're five years down the line and we played six games, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean. Exactly. Like, but I think you know we we can't think like that right now. That that is a situation that we bridge when we come to it. What we have to do is yeah. see, you know, what can the Premier League do to get these games finished? Because there's a the lot. There's a lot of options. Give it. Sorry, the, the likelihood is that give it a couple of 
a couple of months and we get around to the summertime, things pretty much, if we are to believe what we're, we're being told, things should pretty much go back to normal and then we'll finish the remaining 10 games over the course of 10 weeks or however long it takes and we will then be back to normal and that will be the end of the, the scenario and whatever mm-hmm. happens after that is obviously is obviously final and we'll be looking at starting the 2020-21 football season in Christmas time or whatever it is. That's probably the, the way this scenario will go unless things develop over the next few weeks and we keep yeah. getting pushed back and keep getting pushed back and obviously whatever happens, happens and there's nothing we can really do about it. No, I think, you know, it's a situation that's completely out of your, out of everyone's hands. And, you know, the, the way it's panning out, in my opinion, is that it's going to end at a, a really weird situation where they just have to get games done as fast as possible. Yeah. And that might yeah, sacrifice that. fan atmosphere. I think it'll be played on training pitches with cameras and uh, it'll be well, surreal. I don't know whether it'll get that far, but I've, I think I don't see the point in if we're running out of time that we squeeze in one game a week. I wouldn't be surprised if we go to Saturday, Tuesdays in the Premier League and we complete the 10 games over a course of five weeks, playing yeah. two games a week, rather than waiting 10 weeks and doing one game a week and we just go to kind of championship Saturday, Tuesday format and just get these games out of the way. Maybe maybe, the, maybe the, the games won't all be played on the same day, but you just yeah. play the fixtures dotted around whenever whenever the sides can. We don't know, do we? It's, no, that's it's a such lot. a strange situation. Also, the fixture list. Now, mm. if we come back on uh, the end of April, I think Villa's first game after that was Everton on something like the 2nd of May, I think. Do we start from Everton and then play... I don't know who's after that, but there'll be three games left. So do we play Everton, somebody else, and then West Ham last day, which would have been last day in this big relegation six-pointer... Would that be the third game back and then the other games are rearranged back in first or do we pick up from Chelsea where we cancelled and then start again from there? Do, do we have any idea of what's what the scenario is with that? No, it's a clear organisational nightmare because like, you've got a situation where teams can benefit from this now. Say yeah, if yeah. you had missed, if you had like four home games in a row or most of the games you've missed in this period uh, due to the coronavirus are home games. And you've got them all lined up at the end whilst other teams have away games. Like you could see a situation there where Aston Villa thrive at home. They have their easiest games are always going to be at home, (laughs) no matter the opposition. So you might have a situation where you do your West Ham game and you've got three or four home games lined up straight after that, one after another. Yeah, exactly. You know, but we were think, looking at that West Ham game going, oh, this will be the game where it all comes down to the final day and whatever happens, you know, if we need three points to stay off, that's where we get it and, and happy days. That West Ham game now might be much earlier in our season. Yeah. And then our more difficult games finish the season. Like the whole kind of, because there's an advantage to be had in your fixture list, isn't there, that you're running compared yeah. to the rest of the teams at the bottom reflects who gets what points and where the where the league's looking as we go throughout the season. If the order of the fixtures gets changed as well and games get squeezed in left, right and centre, that will have an effect on the quality of the football as well and the fitness of the players and stuff. So yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot to be sorted out. Obviously, we're not involved in these decisions. We have to just kind of sit and wait, but there's so many knock-on effects to different things that we're all kind of left in limbo waiting to go, well, what, do, what, do, what, what happens now? Yeah, I think you're looking at a situation now where you play a lot of games in a small period, but you have to remember that these teams, they've got a lot of money. They should have 
you know, you want to buy a bigger squad because of the situation where games get moved, games get changed. Yeah. Um, that happens anyway with FA Cup, um, Champions League ties. So games do get moved and you do mm-hmm. have a, a quick turnaround of fixtures. What Watford had a, a you know FA Cup replay, then us really quickly, then a mm-hmm. league game and a league game before that as well. So that's only kind of a, a normal example of kind of this extreme situation that we've got going on. But yeah. that is kind of the least... Of my worries if uh, players are complaining of unfitness, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know you're with me on that, or I'm not saying that you're not, but it's like if there's a situation where the Premier League went, right, we've got all the pitches in St. George's Park, we're getting these games out, you're playing two a day, we're finishing the season yeah, with five oh my days. God, can you imagine? Yeah. Um, there would be no complaints from me because it's like this season needs to finish, like you have to finish the but season. Can, but can you can you finish it? It's almost like the whole VAR debate is is in some cup games and not in others. That has an impact. Can we? Can you withhold the league to the same standard if the first twenty eight games have been played quote properly and the last ten games are played behind closed doors or on astroturf or whatever it is? That surely affects the oh, yeah. quality of the games. And you could argue that the performance levels will be different because it's not played in the same scenario. And if everything was played behind closed doors, a club. I mean, a club somewhere would get relegated and go, well, if we'd had our fans there, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have gone down. And then that's a knock-on effect as well. Well, yeah, so I mean... Surely you have to play it in the same variables as we had before. But For example, Liverpool, um, a lot is made of the support and how ingrained it is into the club. And there is a difference, mm. you know, Liverpool at home. There is... Maybe it's not this whole world-beating feeling that's kind of advertised, but there is something different about it. And the way Villa have played at home this season, there is... There is something different about how a team performs at home, especially in those two cases. Yeah. Um. So you do have that, but you've also got the fact that these games, there's always going to be an asterisk, asterisk after it anyway, because they're played before and after a pandemic that has kind of derailed yeah. the season. So I think maybe that's the bigger overhanging thing is the the fact that this pandemic has occurred. It's affected football. That's always going to play in after, no matter how it's played. I think that is the biggest overhanging kind of thing that, that underlines mm. this. There was a lot of talk um, on Twitter about Wesley and Tom Heaton coming back, and mm. that if the season doesn't kick off again till December, I mean, I don't know what the what, what the progress is currently, but you'd look at ACL injuries as being sort of nine to ten months or something. So it happened in January. If we come back in October, November, December, Tom Heaton and Wesley might be able to play again. But I've seen on Twitter this afternoon from Ty Bracey that we unregistered those players when yeah. they got injured to make room for January signings, I assume, and. If uh, unless there's some re-registration rules at some point further down the line and different contracts and all the rest of the ramifications of that, even if Wesley and Tom Heaton are fit again when football resumes, they're unregistered to play for Villa anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it'll be crazy for... In one mind, it'll be crazy for the Premier League to kind of not allow that because I think a lot of teams maybe affect... What if a player <clears> wanted <throat> to retire in the summer? And they're still adamant yeah. about retiring. Um, what if a player had a because yeah. you you know transfer deals are sorted out now, so there could be a situation where a Villa player has agreed, you know, a pre-contract agreement with a club in the summer to move on a certain date. That's set in stone. Yeah, they could move theoretically because that transfer window is still going to start. Like the business, it'll, it'll be hard to kind of stop all think? of that. There's so much money involved in that. I'd be really surprised. Because you know it's not just that, it's not just clubs making money. It's um, football associations, agents, players. There's a lot going on in that. So I feel the kind of economic weight of that would take precedence because 
but then again, you know what? Halfway through that sentence, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm not thinking it's a silly thing, but I'm thinking there is so much going on that we don't know. There is there, yeah. there is not a clear answer to this. Um, but I think the transfer window, they might still open one before the season resumes, though. Like that, that could be a surely, serious possibility. But again, that would be that would have the same knock-on effects that players would play for a second club during the same season, which I know you can do if you move in January. Mm. But because the situation has changed so much that you you could be looking at signing a player who was injured. Like for example, John McGinn was injured in March, whereas when the season comes back round when we start up again, obviously he'll be fully fit. But if there's a transfer window comes in before and someone comes and nicks him out of nowhere, surely that would affect the integrity of the games remaining as well, that yeah. you're not setting out with the same squad that you would have had if it wasn't for this this uh, virus pande- pandemic in the first place. It's, 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 com- so, com- it's, it's so complicated. Mad. There's so many yeah. different things. You just it, it is almost, I keep saying it's almost pointless for us to talk about it, but because this news has come out and we have to talk about it, you kind of just find yourself falling down the rabbit hole every time. Yeah. I don't know where where we're going to end up now, so we kind of have to be guessing. But then sitting here and guessing for 20 minutes every few days gets us nowhere either. So I think what's a really interesting kind of paradox to think about is say there's an Aston Villa player and they have agreed a move through their agent to a new club. <clears throat> Villa have kind of waved off the transfer fee. Yeah, but we'll sort that out after the season ends. But that move is sealed. All, all that needs to be done is a little bit of paperwork. The player's got the house sorted. You know, they're, they're looking forward to the move. It's happening on the 1st of January, or well, the 1st of June, sorry. Um, it's going ahead when, you know, that window clocks in. Does that kind of just get removed? You know what I mean? Just, just There's so so many little threads coming off this that are going to be stunted because yeah. that happens. Deals are sort The deals happening in June are kind of getting sorted now or were getting sort, sorted before this. So yeah. there's just so much going on. With you know all the little bits of football that they don't really think about the kind of the little contract details because you know there's contracts that expire like Keenan Davis's and Callum O'Hare's yeah what and Callum O'Hare's loan deal like does that just go out the window? <laughs> oh mate, it's so deep, isn't it? And it's also it's terrifying I'd hate to be a lawyer. I'd hate to be a lawyer at this time because there's going to be so many different lawsuits coming left, right, and centre if things don't resume in the way that they were before. You forget like the season being completed and teams can can properly finish how they're supposed to. All the contract side of things and the staff and management and the normal people that work in football clubs as well. Like there's so much, so much going on. It, it is mind-boggling, really. It hurts to think about. It really does because you know, really does. as I've I've already done this uh, podcast. The, when I'm saying something, and I'm trying to kind of figure it out in my mind. I'm like, what? Like <laughs> you get the kind of contradiction hit you already, and you're like, do I have to carry yeah. on with this? Um, <laughs> you've started a point so you have to finish yeah, you're like, it you have to finish it but you're like there's so much things coming off this now that I like hitting my mind uh, it's it's horrible like you know outside of the awfulness of the virus itself and its effects on like regular life it's all the, the admin that comes of this it's all uh-huh. it's all the effects like how do and I'm just this is just football I can't even think of like the government level of this it's just <laughs> killing me man this is why it's almost beneficial not to talk about football for a little bit because when you actually yeah. sit down to think about it it's just Kill sad it. yeah, it's depressing it, it, it isn't nice to talk about it because no one's got the answers no one's got any solutions and the more you kind of sit here especially now that we're not we can't record together and we can't have an actual conversation I, I'm, I'm just sat staring at my black blackout blind <laughs> just thinking please all go away now like I'm, yeah 
I don't want to think about this anymore. Uh, I just want to. I want everything to go back to how it was. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a nightmare. There's a lot that's been taken for granted, and you know, going to football like they've took so many. If you think about this pandemic, they've took so much for granted. What if a virus passed around? What if it went around football clubs like a serious bug went around football clubs and kind of just ruined play, like didn't let them play for months. At all. Yeah. And it only affected them because it only got trans- like transmitted in those close environments, um, kind of in the changing rooms and stuff. It, it just it, I'm just seeing my dog in the corner of the screen now. It's like killing me because she's just looking around. Um, it's completely free. Dog on the podcast. Yeah, there's a, there is a dog on the podcast. Uh, but oh. no, you just think like football should have a contingency plan anyway. And it's it, at all levels of kind of society, it's really caught us out on these little things. And it's kind of horrifying. It is it is sad, isn't it, when you when you stop to think about it and like I said before, like football isn't the be all be all and end all and there's a lot more important things at play than, than football matches, but football is a big part yeah. of people's lives as well. It's a it's a big escape, isn't it? So to have that even that taken away, it's it's almost like, Oh yeah, well, things are bad in the world but you know, football will always be there, like things will things will always be okay, but even that now is is at jeopardy as well. So yeah, it's it's a strange time but crux of the matter is the Premier League have had a meeting they're saying it's coming back on April mm. 30th so the countdown begins to what's that another kind of six weeks is it six seven weeks I don't know what I don't know what date it is mate I don't know what day it is even everything's just merged into one now it's so they're like you know you know that period between Christmas and New Year when no one knows what's going on so I feel yeah. like a little bit like that now but but without the festivities <laughs> I know what you mean it's kind of like being stuck in and just um you know not being able to kind of get into that routine and then being knocked out mm. of your original routine, it's a, it's a weird situation. I'm not a big fan. I mean, even stuff like going to the gym or going to the supermarket without it being kind of a mad grab for <laughs> little silly things. It's uh, it's really disruptive and uh, not. Yeah. It's not positive. It, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is good. It's a good time to kind of you know get an indoor exercise routine and all sorts." It's just <clears throat> nah, mate. No room no, for that. Nah. Nah, you can still go for a walk. That's what I don't get. People saying you got to start. You can still go for a like. You can still walk the dock. You just can't be like yeah, yeah, yeah. sneezing at people. You know, I still can't get over the fact that people weren't washing their hands before. That's that's genuinely like terrifying oh, me. Yeah. Imagine all the kind of like pathogens that we've been spreading. Well, not me, mate. It's a, been it's spread a to this, me. This this virus hasn't happened ten years ago. If this is how people have been living for the last however long. Well, the way I figure it, it's like it's just been me and you. Just washing our hands, killing the virus <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I feel like we're all going to get a case of cabin fever at some point as well. Like speaking, obviously, I've got family here as well, but yeah. speaking to you via the outside world is now my only outlet. So I feel like football is just doesn't don't care what we talk about on the podcast anymore. I just need some human interaction. <laughs> no, it's true, and I think you know the podcast podcasts in general serve a really important and radio and TV, all sorts of what the BBC are kind of putting out. It serves a really important thing in this time, and that's just like base human interaction just hearing off yeah. other people and you know i think i don't i think i don't just speak for myself when i say like if you need a chat like you i am there and other people are there yeah, you should yeah. just reach out and just kind of waffle on because this is just a it's a crap time like it really is a crap time it puts all those silly little arguments about football in, in perspective do you remember the uh var decision at crystal palace feels irrelevant now <laughs> yeah. don't care genuinely could <laughs> ain't fussed mate like just no, just still makes me angry <laughs> yeah I, I i don't care man like, like i was seeing stuff about Julian lescott's car tweet i was thinking i saw that how was i asked about that like <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, that still annoys no, me. No, at the time. I still, I still don't buy that. I- nah, even now. <laughs> I saw that clip and I was like, nah, I'm not having it. You can't, you can't tweet that. I pocket. think that is just pure, you know, you got to respect the grift, like the pure committal to I that mean, story. Oh, mate, you've, you you really have, you do have to applaud that, to be fair. The fact that he's sticking to his guns, what is that now, four years later? That's unbelievable. <laughs> you got to do it once you've said it, like, and... I know, it's uh, mad. Maybe I'll spend the next 10 weeks in quarantine trying to send a tweet from my phone. I think every episode we should put our phones in our pockets. With a picture of and see if it tweets, because I like I believe I'll, that it could I'll happen. I guarantee that it won't. I believe nah, that it could it happen. Like you, nah, you go into Google Photos. No, how is it impossible? Like because I don't put my phone in my pocket open. And even you know if it what? Was, the fact so it's got to get to Twitter. All, right, all right, let me open my phone. I've got my phone. We're getting close to the half an hour mark. Go to Twitter. So that's one. I've got to open it. Go to Twitter. That's two. Press the tweet button. Nah, come off it. Nah, this is lies. Okay, what's happened? Is he's had the photo. What do you mean it's lies? Because you, if you have the photo open, there's a share thing. Yeah. So it can yeah. go quicker than that. It's not like the phone the, the phone in his pocket is just going, oh, I'll open the Twitter app. That's You're thinking <laughs> about it the wrong way. you got to think out. This is an All outside right, so, the box situation. you got to think outside the box, man. Well, if I go to the photos app, I've still got to press share uh, Twitter. Share Twitter, bang. There you go. It's done. Save. Oh, no, nah, I'm on. not having none of this. <laughs> Twitter. Hang on a minute. So that's two. What's happening? Tweets. That's three button <laughs> clicks to happen in your phone. I'm not having it. There is no way you could have a tweet sent from your pocket. There's just no way. I'm not having it. <laughs> okay. I'm not having uh, it. Have you never dialed someone in your pocket ever? Uh, no. Because my phone's locked. So how would that happen? Okay, my my phone isn't like like you put your phone away. This is a new situation open. for me, like no, because when it's connected to like Bluetooth stuff, it's, mm. it's unlocked, like because it's it's on me. Mm. You need an iPhone, mate. Get, that's why. This is just this. I mean, it's relevant. At least we ain't kind of like <laughs> semi proper waffling. This this is this is on topic. But um, it's no, I'm not gonna. It's, it's just it, it's funny. Thing is, right, what you said before a couple of minutes ago that podcasts being kind of important is maybe the wrong word because I feel no sense of importance in anyone's life here delivering this content to them. But in a top- right, it's not like a, it's not not a sense of self importance. I think it's just like just have half an hour off. Yeah, that's what I mean exactly. To- it's almost like yeah, we are we obviously we don't we can't reply to people or people can't reply to us sorry i mean you can tweet us and stuff but during an episode whereas i kind of want to feel like our podcast and the stuff we produce is enough to kind of like you say feel half an hour feel 45 minutes just to stick on and kind of zone out for a little bit you know there's a lot of depressing stuff on the news at the moment if we can i mean to be fair the first 25 minutes of this podcast was depressing as well so maybe not this episode specifically the last five five as well the last five has been just uh, just throw the whole thing in the last five has been been classic podcast material so the last five perfectly on brand but do you know what i mean like we can be that we can be a little bit of a company for people i guess if they're you know stuck at home there's not much to do and you're kind of running out of netflix shows to watch and football documentaries to watch on youtube and and all the rest of it this you know can be a little bit of background noise even like just just tune in yeah if uh we can help you kind of have a bit of a laugh along the way then that's great for all of us so we'll we'll uh keep producing stuff we want to hear people's feedback as well if people think we're 
going off topic too much, let us know. We'll try and rein it in a bit. Probably won't be able to do it, but we'll try. If people think we're not talking about football enough, we'll try and get some more. We talk. We did talk out. about football for about half an hour, mate. Oh yeah. <laughs> mate, the, the, this video and the one we did with the Liverpool Echo, I've almost hit an hour of football chat in the last two days. Like that is unprecedented for yeah, us. Like, this, this has been entirely football. Don't get it twisted, mate. We've talked about the uh, delay, yeah, Jolie and Lescott. This has been like bang on. Yeah. Um. Be no I think on a final note. Us. On a final note, we should say, um, you know, the sad news of uh, Peter Whittingham's passing. Yes. Um, it was reported, obviously, a few days ago. It kind of broke out, probably, well, definitely premature. Mm. And uh, so I think everyone kind of had it in mind. And his health, um, you know, his health, the status of his health was updated uh, yesterday. But um, obviously, before we recorded, the sad news broke that he had passed away. Yeah, very sad. In hospital, Cardiff City. Yeah. Um, Peter Whittingham, before our time, Dan? Just about, um, yeah. I remember him. I yeah, think, it, I I remember think he him. left in sort of 05-ish, I want to say, without, without having checked that. Him being at Villa really isn't kind of the main story anyway. No. So our, 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 what would have been our memories of him at Villa would be irrelevant. It's the fact that during my time of knowing him, he was one of kind of the most dominant players in the, the second tier for Cardiff, yeah. um, left-footed wizard. Um, what I'm seeing from kind of like Bristol fans, you know, um, Leeds fans, fans who've, who've played him, is like this guy on the team sheet, he's like a David Beckham type. Mm. Not having, you know, set pieces, left foot, you're not having it. Yeah, 35 as well. It's absolutely no yeah, age at all. Nice. It's so, so tragic. To, I mean, not to kind of bring it back to myself, but to be 24, mm. you're what, 27? Is that right? Yeah, 26, 26 mate. Give, 26. My birthday in six days, five days. Okay, well, many happy returns so, yeah, in yeah. isolation. That'll be fun for you. Um, maybe we'll Cheers. have to have a, a virtual party over Skype or something. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, to to be our age and to think that he's you know not even ten years older than you is is, mm. is so sad. So yeah, our, our thoughts go out to uh, his family and friends. I just want to read the statement that Cardiff posted because I think that's yeah. the, the most poignant one that I've seen so far. It is with an immeasurable amount of sorrow that we must inform supporters that Peter Whittingham has passed away at the age of thirty-five. We are heartbroken. The news of Peter's sudden and untimely passing has shaken us to our very foundation. Our love goes out to his wife, Amanda, their young son and family. Oh, young son, jeez. They are at the forefront of our thoughts and on their behalf, we ask for their privacy to be respected at this unfathomably cruel and difficult time. First and foremost, Peter was a family man and somebody who could light up a room with his sense of humour, warmth and personality. Then as a footballer, as a bluebird, he excelled with talent, ease, grace and humility. Nobody did it better. The loss of Peter will be painfully felt by our city, supporters, and indeed all who have ever had the pleasure of knowing him. We love you, Pete, and your memory will eternally stay with us. Which is yeah, it's very uh, sad. it's just it's just the age that gets me. The way kind of you look at football is if someone's thirty four, you're like, come on, you're past it now, yeah. give it up. And it's thirty four, it's just nothing, man. Like, it's still a baby. Like I know, I know, I'm twenty seven, but like thirty in the grand scheme of things, thirty four yeah, yeah. is just. 35, sorry, it's just, it, it's gutting. I mean, I think at least there's a legacy that's kind of left at Cardiff. You know, it, it, the guy has built up so much and he'll be remembered as a legend at that club. Yeah. And in, I mean, that is just such a tiny and rubbish consolation. But there, there is that, that, the fact that people, but, you know, this guy brought joy to so many people's lives yeah. through, through the medium of football. Um, It's just a shame that, the chapter's over now and you know there's nothing more that we can really add from a villa perspective because me and you didn't see him mm. um but from accounts the guy was beloved absolutely beloved um villa players coming out lee hendry um ian taylor yeah just saying how it's put put their life into perspective and I, I, it really does that yeah and yeah you know, it, it comes as a shock and i think 
the big lesson we learned from that is, especially as, you know, just the average Joe, is we don't need to necessarily circulate reports we're not kind of aware of because there are people at the end of that supply chain. Mm. There's, there's a family. You probably didn't want to get it getting out. Um, so I think it is. it was a mistake. You know, it was an earnest mistake. Um, but I think when we see stuff like that and we're not absolutely positive, we should probably just keep it in mind that it might there is a there is a sense that it could not be true. Yeah, I think as well, going back to the the um coronavirus thing, I think the whole thing has brought a little bit of perspective to most of the world now that things that we've been kind of drummed into us that are so important for so long actually aren't as important as people say. Work things, school things, uh, you know, little things that you kind of stress and are concerned about during everyday life actually aren't that important really and that yeah there's you know bigger things at stake than you know there's just the mundane the mundaneness uh, of everyday life so it's a very um very strange time to be living through at the moment i think and it's uh yeah if if, if we're not caught sort of professionals in any way and we're not we're not trained to to sit here and be helping people but like you said uh earlier if you know if there's people watching that are feeling a bit lonely at home or they you know don't feel like they've got anyone to talk to then like you said my my twitter dms are always open uh get involved in comment sections and stuff and i think we did a video with matt um that went out earlier today or yesterday and he kind of said he wants this to be a, a little bit like a community for villa fans to kind of all kind of flock together and all kind of stick together a little bit so if anyone does want to have a, have a bit of a chat, then we're definitely open to talk Villa, talk nonsense. We'll try and get fans involved in the podcast if we can and and try and just be there for each other while we go through uncertain times. Yeah, absolutely. I think the comment section has always been a kind of scary place to go into because <laughs> yeah. I think, no, but true, people who have always been like for guns out straight away, the review kind of left on the podcast the other day, you don't want to really bring attention to it. But let, let's make it a better place for everyone because yeah. there's people at the end of, again, there's people at the end of that supply chain and people at the start of it and you're at the start of it. So let, if, you know, you you can just put anything there, you're under an anonymous name, you can put anything there and we can reach out to you. Hopefully make you feel better. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, a strange little podcast, that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I just feel a bit sad now. Well, no, I mean, life goes on, man. You yeah. have to be optimistic. Um, well, I'm pretty sure we want to do something about football manager because I've had a lot of messages personally saying, have how you? do I play this bloody game? Really? Yeah, I've had wow. about five or six, man. Amateurs, mate. It's, it's just who, like, who doesn't like uh, to play football man, manager? That, mate, they haven't played it for six years and it's a terrifying, terrifying place. you got you got a scouting up now. you got a director of football. you got a medical <laughs> centre. Like, they just can't hack it. So we need, to, we, need to, we need to help them out. We need to do a public service. To be fair, I've not played this year's one yet, and I've seen obviously that they've made it free now for. Is it a week? Free for yeah, a week? Yeah, until next Wednesday. Yeah, so, yeah, get, get on it now. I've, I've you, wasted you can play a day it free for a week. Yeah, you can get through a season I in a week. I genuinely cannot believe that. How did you see it for free and not snap that up instantly, man? Mate, I'm so busy with work all the time. I, just, I can't envisage a time where I get to play football manager anymore. Yeah. <laughs> fully. Fully. Although I've got two laptops at this desk now with my work laptop and my personal one, so I'll have my work laptop to do the podcast and I'll just have football manager on the side. To be fair, football manager is a great scouting <laughs> technique. Like I should probably get on there for research purposes, if nothing else. So maybe, maybe I can claim it back on expenses. This has been quite good, actually. The format is... I think we've kind of stumbled on something decent here that I wanted this to be like a 10, 15-minute reaction to the, the Premier League's uh, statement on what's going to happen next. And we've managed to get to a 40-minute podcast, so... Fair play, mate. Well, congratulations. No, you right. can come back. Well done. 
absolute king of waffle. <laughs> Crown champion. I mean, this is now work-related, but you can get some articles written over those. So, there's a bit of work for you. Bright cove in my room, like, <laughs> <in> my bed. <laughs> it's funny that that means nothing to the audience, but rest assured, but we're working hard, everybody. <laughs> you signed up to this party, man. You, you, you're too late now to back out. Uh, you're, you're fully in or you're fully out. Um, we should probably rebrand the podcast to include waffle in the title of the Claremont Blue Waffle Podcast or something, just I mean, so people know what they're in for. Like there was, there was a lot of football, Dan. Like don't, don't do yourself, Dan. There was a uh, lot of football. I, if they can't act, I can see the comments in the iTunes views now saying, "Ah, oh, this is boring. Why are you talking about this?" I mean, for? If, you, if you're slacking me off in a pandemic, right? <laughs> Firstly, think of me. I could, I could be infected right now. <laughs> And be, I could be, go be really ill in a few days. I might be asymptomatic right now. So think of that. B, just be nice, man. You got that. If you're doing that in the pandemic, you got you. You ain't got any worries in the world, have you? Mate, that's a good <laughs> point. It is a great point. If you're if you're concerned about the quality of our content during the the world pandemic, just change your priorities. <laughs> I'm gonna go now. Yeah. Mess with some toilet roll, film a we video, can... post a podcast, do some work, and then wait for all this to blow over. I'll catch up with you soon. See you, man. Nice one. Cheers, Peace. everyone. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.